Losing weight is hard enough, but when you're a mom of young kids, it can seem like your whole life revolves around taking care of them and you come last. Whether it's dealing with postpartum body or how to navigate cooking healthy food when the kids just want chicken nuggets and cheeseburgers, trying to lose weight when you're a mom of little ones can be really tough. In today's special bonus episode, I had the privilege of being interviewed by Jill Wright, host of Grow Like a Mother podcast. Jill is a speaker, writer, and rock star coach, helping moms find alignment with their purpose through mindset work, intuition, spirituality, and self-development techniques. I had so much fun talking to Jill. This conversation covers everything from why we blame ourselves when we find it hard to lose weight, how self-compassion is more effective at creating behavior change than actually beating yourself up, how your body is the gateway to everything in this life, and how to use all five of your senses to appreciate your body today. Also, why it is so important to be happy while you lose weight versus waiting for when you lose weight. In addition, we also talked about how to battle the natural negativity bias of your brain by grading yourself on a curve. Plus, there's a quick hack for moms at the end about how to handle it when you feel guilty about serving kid foods that can feel, you know, less than healthy. This episode covers so much. I am so excited to share this special episode with you. I hope you enjoy it. And by the way, stay tuned at the end to hear how you can learn more about Jill and where to follow her. Ready? Let's get to it. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome, Lizzie, to the Girl Like a Mother podcast. Uh, I know we've been chatting for a few minutes already, but can you introduce yourself to, to the audience and maybe just a little bit about your background and what you do? Sure. Thanks so much. I'm sorry. I'm Lizzie Merritt. I am a life coach and a weight loss coach. And basically, I help the kind of person who's like, I already know the what to do, but I just have a problem or struggle to actually do it. And so I really like to work with people like what's underneath the, you know, the obstacles that are getting in the way of the things that you already know, like you quote unquote should do. And like, let's, let's talk through that. Um, and, but my, my, my secret there is actually weight loss is just kind of a doorway into actually stepping into your superpower and who you really are that you certainly don't have to lose weight to do that. But I love being able to help people kind of let go of the, the 50 pound, you know, backpack of shameful thoughts that we carry around around ourselves all the time and just like grow into loving yourself because, you know, you're amazing and we need you. I so love, you I feel like that could speak to literally everyone. There's so much information out there about like what we should do. And it's sometimes contradicting, which can be hard, but you're right. It's all, I love how you say it's sort of in between your ears. That's the, that's the part you need to work on is the mindset. So much. I remember I, you know, was, doing the the workout programs and following the before and after pictures and was like, I know I just need to exercise more and diet more. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table 
with the whatever ninth diet book and was just so frustrated. And I was like, there's, if diet and exercise aren't getting me where I want to be, there's got to be more to it. And I realized it's probably got to do with what's in my head. And so that's what I say that weight loss has a lot more to do with what's between your ears and what's on your plate. I love that. That's so fantastic. I think, I mean, mindset is the base of everything that we want to change or accomplish in our life. And so I love that you can come at this very real struggle for a lot of women from that perspective and give them um, sort of another area of hope because some people I know in my life who are in that diet culture can get really down on themselves and blame yeah. themselves that things don't work. And it's like, well, here's another way to like an olive branch, almost like, Hey, a gentle way of like, try this. You can work on it. It's in your control. Cause people I think can feel like so much of the journey can be outside of their control. If they don't get the time to go to the gym, if they can't afford the gym membership, if they don't know how to cook, like, Yeah. Do you find that? Like, do people sort of put the blame elsewhere or the responsibility elsewhere sometimes? Um, Yeah, so much. And I love what you said about like, we tend to get down on ourselves because, you know, diets, diets are very frustrating to me because they make it seem so simple. Like, just follow these steps, just eat these things and like, voila. And then, you know, we're, you know, we're moms, we're, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We are intelligent women. We know we can follow rules. And yet, so if these rules are so simple, but I struggle to follow them, then I must be the problem. And I find that so frustrating because diets are like telling the captain of the Titanic, like, yeah, just, just go for it. Like avoid those things you see on the surface and you'll be fine. Cause diets don't cover any of the stuff underneath the surface that is so um, impactful to our everyday habits. You know, our, our subconscious mind, our programmings, our emotions. And there's so much like eating our feelings. That's the thing boredom eating and and diets just don't cover that. And so I guess I like to work with folks about like, you are not the problem because you can't follow the diet. The diet is the problem. Let's look at shifting your thoughts towards working towards uh, losing weight in a way that works with the natural way your brain is wired versus against it. I love that. And you talk about sort of these underlying mental factors that sort of get in the way of weight loss and helping us love ourselves. Can you identify a few of those maybe that um, we could start to hear them and say, oh, yeah, that is something that I do or that I experience or that I think? What are some of those underlying factors? Sure. So uh, a simple one, straightforward is, you know, like you said, that we tend to feel bad about ourselves. And I, I call it kind of the shame cycle of doom. That, you know, let's say you've had a long day and the potato chips are just calling your mom, your, your name. And so you, in a moment of weakness, have the potato chips. And then later on, you feel bad about yourself because you had the chips. And so what's happening in the brain is the brain is very straightforward. Like we wants to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And we're evolutionarily designed for that. And the brain looks for the most efficient, fastest way to do that. And it knows that food, particularly food, high in sugar, salt, and fat, will light up the dopamine centers in your brain and it will help you feel good. And so it's, you know, I'm feeling bad. Like I had a tough day. So that's why you went for the potato chips in the first place. Then later on, now you're feeling bad about yourself for having the potato chips. So you've got more negative feelings plus the original negative feelings. And so the brain's like, Ooh, alert. This is we're feeling bad feelings. How do we fix this? I know foods, high in sugar, salt, and fat. And so it becomes this downward spiral. And the antidote, if you will, to that is instead of kind of self-shaming and, you know, more beating yourself up, the antidote is self-compassion. Um, there's lots of amazing resources out there about self-compassion, but the simplest way to explain it is like, how would you treat a friend? You know, if you were sitting across the 
um, the table with a friend having coffee. And she's like, I felt so bad about myself because I had potato chips after a day work. Would you be like, yeah, you're awful. Like, no, you would give her compassion and you would, you know, build her up. And so the studies have been done about the literal difference between the effectiveness of self-shaming and beating yourself up versus self-compassion and self-compassion is um, many times more likely to um, be effective in behavior change over the long-term versus beating yourself up. Wow. Just a simple, I mean, it's not a simple shift, but that micro shift in changing the way that you're talking to yourself can make a huge impact on the results that you see in your very real life. So interesting, right? How our thoughts can just sort of shape, shape what we see. Um, I want to talk to you about something a little selfishly since I have you here. And this is the postpartum body because I have two kids. They're five and three, almost six and four. And I was always someone in my youth who never really thought too much about her body. Like I ate a ton because I had a great metabolism and I never, I never thought about it. I was just looked fine. I looked good. It was my, whatever. It wasn't something that I had to think much about. Um, and now I'm finding that since I'm in my thirties and I've got these kids, it doesn't really matter. Um, I've put on extra weight, not a lot, but enough for me to change pant sizes. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. now I'm like, Oh, but this isn't me. Cause I spent 30 years being one thing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a different thing. It's not changing. I'm not trying too hard to be fair, but, um, I don't <laughs> like it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know what? I don't really, something's got to give. And this isn't something I want to worry about. How do I wrap my head around like accepting a new body and thinking like, this is, this is the next phase of my life. This is an amazing body that worked so hard for me. How do I, how do I love it? Even though it looks different now. Interesting. Okay. So there's we, we so much in there. We yeah. can talk about how to love your body as it is today. And also perhaps the difference in your life and your lifestyle and your demands on you both physically and emotionally as a mom that you didn't necessarily have before you were a mom. Um, my kids are 16 and 14 tomorrow. Oh, um, happy um, so I've, I've been there. So let's answer your first question. Like, how do you love your body as it is today, even though it's not quite what you think it, you want it to look like. So there's a concept, um, called states and stages. So a state is a, an emotional state, a feeling. So, you know, Jill, I could say right there here in this moment, as we're having this conversation, I want you to think about something that makes you feel happy or joyful. And you might think of your kids or, you know, your wedding day or something very uplifting. And so you can alter your state just sitting here. Um, same thing I could say, I want you to imagine stepping uh, you're on the top of a tall building and there's no railing and like, that's going to change your state and make you feel like, oh, I'm a little bit um, nervous or scared. So a state is how you feel. And that is something that you can impact through your thoughts. And you can impact your thoughts about your body, excuse me, your state about your body through your thoughts. So you go into the mirror and you're looking at, oh, my thighs are so huge or my my belly you know, postpartum is not the way I want it to be. And you're looking for everything that's wrong. And those are your thoughts that are going to impact your state versus now this is, you want to make sure it feels true, but you can say, okay, my body may not look exactly the way I want it to be, but I'm so grateful for it, for all of the many things. And I want you to use more than just your sight. So I want you to use all five of your senses. Mm. So what does your body allow you to hear? Maybe like your kids laughing. What does it allow you to see your, uh, your kids smiles or the sunrise or things like that taste, smell, 
Um, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, what does your body allow you to do that you can be grateful for? And if you think about it, your body is the gateway. It is the vehicle through which everything we get to experience in this life, you know, hugs, um, creating a child, like your body did that with, and, you know, mostly not completely, but mostly by itself. Um, and so your body is this amazing miracle that can be appreciated right now today. Now let's talk about stages. So stages is something that kind of builds on itself. So like if I said, Jill, I want you to, um, later on today, I want you to go and be a, you know, Wimbledon class tennis player and, you know, play against the top in the world. And you might say, well, that's nice, but that would be a little difficult because I haven't practiced or I, you know, and so forth. So weight loss is a similar weight. Like you go from beginner to, you know, intermediate to expert. And so you can be at the, a stage that you're not necessarily happy with, with your weight loss and you want to progress to a different stage, but that is independent of your state. Your state is something that you can influence right now, even if you're not necessarily at the stage you want to be. That makes a lot of sense. And I love that it, you sort of can break it down into the small manageable chunks, looking at like, what's just the next step? How do I progress to the next stage too? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Actually, that was something I wanted to talk about as well is that, you know, one of the things that is so difficult about diets is we push our happiness to the end, to the finish line. And I'm going to get a little nerdy here, but I love brain science. And so what happens with the brain is like what epinephrine is the um, neurotransmitter of effort. And so like, okay, I'm going to go on this diet and I'm going to eat salad for lunch and I'm going to, you know, have kale for dinner. And uh, that's effort. That's epinephrine. And there is something called the quitting effect. When epinephrine gets too high, you're like, the brain's like, this isn't worth it. There's no hope. I'm done. Dopamine is the, the neurotransmitter of reward of like, Ooh, I like this more of this. When we go on a diet, we're like effort, effort, effort. And the reward is all the way at the end of the finish line. And what happens is when dopamine is present, the brain can tolerate higher levels of epinephrine. Meaning when we give ourselves the reward along the way, you can continue going through that effort. But when you, when you force yourself to say, I'm not going to be happy until I get to the finish line, you're going to end up quitting because you get no dopamine to tolerate that higher level of epinephrine. That's a fancy way of saying it's so, so important to allow yourself to be happy while you lose weight, not when you lose weight. That's everything. To frame it like that, that makes such an important shift in how we how we take responsibility for it and how we are um, self-compassionate and how we can really enjoy the journey of it mm -hmm. rather than I'll be happy when, because yeah. you're never going to get there. There's always going to be something. And it's super cool to know that brain science behind why we often don't get there, why we sort of do these self-sabotaging mm -hmm. measures. So could you give us, can you talk to me about some like actionable steps to sort of overcome these, um, these blocks that we present to ourselves? Sure. So in particular with the, you know, like how do you allow yourself to feel happy while you lose weight is I like to think of, you know, grade, grade yourself on a curve, like be that really nice teacher from high school who was like, oh, okay. You know, like I'm going to give you a curve. So you've got to, our brains are naturally wired for a negativity bias, because if you think about it back in caveman days, the cave gal who was on the lookout for like, wait, what's wrong with this picture? Where's the tiger? 
she was the one that survived long enough to pass on her genes. So eons later, we have brains that are looking for what's wrong. And so that's our default setting, which means if you want to find something that's right, you have to do it on purpose. You know, you're not going to think happy thoughts, just not, you know, just sitting on the couch and not thinking about it. So you've got to try to give yourself credit for the progress you're making. So how does that look in real life? So for example, um, you know, you had a week of healthy eating and then Friday night, you know, we kind of blew it a little bit. Instead of marinating and focusing on Friday night was awful. You're like, I had four days of really great eating. I got to give myself credit for that. And I've got to feel proud of myself for the little bitty action steps that I'm making along the way. And you have to really proactively give yourself the credit for the little things you're doing, because that gives you the, the fuel that fuels your motivation to keep going. And so you kind of minimize your losses and maximize your wins. Yeah. Love that. And I think the reward, even though it could be something like, Oh, I, you know, even though I had this pizza and I can consider it like a cheat day and feel good about the rest of it, the reward can also be other things that you do for yourself to celebrate the progress. It doesn't have to necessarily be food related, which is kind of cool too. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well, mm-hmm. and I, you mentioned pizza. Um, I have a long history with pizza. Mm. Um, but to, so you can imagine, let's say you had a night of pizza and the win could be, you know, I had three pieces of pizza and a little bit of salad instead of four. Mm. That's fine. Like that, look for every little bit of evidence of, of little wins. Yeah. Pizza is my Friday night go-to. And I try like, I try to do my best to eat relatively healthy throughout the rest of the week. And um <laughs> Friday, I'm like, whatever, it's pizza night. The kids like it. I'm going to eat it too. It's Uh all good. It's a family. Like for me, it's like, okay, I can do this as a family connection, a family tradition. Like that's the the positive mindset that I can spin it. And I try to do that. Um, Before, I want you to tell us about your book, but before we do, I just had something pop into my head that might be a huge tangent, but I would just like your opinion about. Um, I find that I have guilt over what I feed my kids because they're so small and like their taste buds are like ridiculously limited and they will only eat the garbage stuff right now, you know? Right. And so I find myself like cooking two meals because I cook for myself something healthier because I don't want to eat chicken fingers every night, but Mm -hmm. they do. And so I'm like, it's not awful. Like they're not, you know, malnourished or anything, but how do you, how do you combat? Is there a, a trick or a mindset shift or something actionable that you can share with the listeners to maybe help them get past that hump of guilt over like, oh, my kids don't eat great yet. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, we've we've definitely had that as well. Um, I have one kid who who's fine with vegetables and one kid who's not so much. Right. Um, so I, something that I didn't understand until most recently was the order in which you you eat your food actually makes a big difference. Oh. I won't go into all the science of it, but basically if you can put a vegetable or something with fiber first, that slows down the digestion and therefore the, the carbohydrate or the sugar or whatever you're eating later doesn't impact your blood sugar as, in, in, as, as much. So with your kids, if they're going to have chicken nuggets with fries and ketchup, what have you, like, can they have a carrot first? Can they have two carrots first, you know, or like a little bit of broccoli. If there's, if, you know, and it doesn't have to be much, like if it's just a little bit, if they like, you can have one piece of broccoli, then go to town on your chicken nuggets and so forth. That is a massive win because it's the, the nature of the fiber is again, like it's slowing down the, the digestion of the other stuff. 
And so, and it's, it's also like in a tiny little way, conditioning them to like, okay, a little bit of a vegetable is, is enough. That's okay. And like, maybe, you know, a year from now, they might be like, okay, I'll have like, you know, two pieces of broccoli instead of one, um, something like that. So I would just go for the little tiny wins and see if they can have it first and then they can have their, whatever else they're going to have later. That's super smart. I love that a lot. Um, that actually impacts, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, no, Um, no, go ahead that impacts how you eat yourself as so like go back to the pizza. So if you're going to have pizza and you want to make it just like 1% a little bit better, like have a tiny salad first and then have your pizza. That's going to, again, slow down the digestion in your body. It's going to impact your blood sugar less. Um, there's an awesome book about it called the, the glucose revolution. Um, and la 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 have vegetables first. It helps you. <laughs> that's amazing. Is it basically like any vegetable or are some better, a higher fiber? I mean, I'm sure there are, but can you give us some examples of really good ones? Sure. So I actually would suggest avoiding the starchy vegetables like potatoes, um, things like that. So anything like um, lettuce, so the salad, broccoli, cauliflower, um, asparagus, things like that. The, the only ones that I would avoid first is is the starchy ones, the potatoes. Okay. Um, like I said, I could go into all the science of it, but I don't want to bore everybody. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, okay, so thank you for that. That's so cool. So many great little nuggets. Uh, this is fantastic. Um, but I want to know more about your book. Can you share with us um, what the book's about and how we can find it? Absolutely. So the book is called You Are a Miracle, How to Lose Weight and Love Your Body Too. And um, it's basically kind of what I explained in the beginning. I I I worked in the weight loss industry for a while and while it was amazing because it gave me an opportunity to connect uh, one-on-one with, with individuals, I was frustrated with the typical way that weight loss was uh, prescribed because it was so much about do this, do this, do this. And I was like, but, but there's so much more. And so my book is not a diet book. It's about all the things that get in the way of the diet. Like, um, you know, I, that shame spiral of doom, or I'm eating my feelings or how to motivate or how to change my habits. Um, and each chapter is similar to that, like how to feel enough, how to change your habits, how to stop eating your feelings, um, how to avoid self-sabotage. And so the first part of the book is all about those, those emotional and mental blocks that get in the way of weight loss. And then the second part of the book at the end is your weight loss toolbox. So it's, it's again, it's, it's um, little tips that help you when you're in specific situations. So like how to handle weekends, how to handle travel, uh, those sorts of things that you're like, okay, I got it. But what happens when life is weird? I'm going on a, a trip. And so like, okay, here you go. So again, none of it is eat this. It's more how to handle life. Life is messy sometimes and that's normal and it's okay. And it's not, you are not the problem. Let's work with your life as opposed to against it. That's so um, empowering. Yeah. And the, the the reason why I called it You Are a Miracle is because I wanted to help women feel like your body is a genuine miracle exactly as it is right now. If you want to lose weight, great. We can talk about that, but I need you to appreciate who you are and what you are now and stop waiting to live your life until you lose weight because we need what you can bring to the world. Your gifts, you are unique. You're amazing. And the world is a better place when you shine as bright as you can. 
Amen. I love that so much. Oh, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. And I've, I know I've gained so much already from this short conversation. So um, I have a feeling that there are going to be listeners who want to learn more from you. Where can they go um, to connect with you and to learn more from you? Sure. Thanks. Um, I have a podcast myself. It's called The Confident Body Podcast. Um, my book is You Are a Miracle on Amazon. And my website is uh, confidentbody.coach. Or you can just send me an email with lizzie at confidentbody.coach. Amazing. I'm going to make sure that I put those all in the show notes so they're super accessible for people. And uh, just thank you so much again for spending the time with me this morning. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. I have loved it. I enjoy it so much. I appreciate it. All right. Woo. That was so good. It was so much fun to talk with Jill and share ideas. If you are a mom or know a mom in your life, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about Jill. She found her calling to help moms and high-achieving women when she worked through her own struggles with postpartum depression and anxiety and adrenal burnout. After feeling lost and out of control, she did the deep work to realign herself and rediscover her life goals and her dreams. And she knew there were other moms out there struggling with the same things So she has created an amazing community of high-achieving women who want to find harmony between motherhood and living out their own personal dreams. If you would like to learn more about Jill, definitely check her out at www.livingwithheart.ca or just listen to the Grow Like a Mother podcast on iTunes. She's got a ton of amazing content. I highly recommend her. I definitely want to say a big thank you to Jill for the opportunity to chat and be a guest on her podcast. And remember, self-compassion not only feels better than beating yourself up, but it is literally proven to be more effective at creating change in the long run. When it comes to losing weight, the destination always looks like the journey feels. So if you're shaming and blaming yourself down the scale, then that's what it's going to feel like to try and stay there. Giving yourself credit for the tiniest of wins will help you keep going. Remember the concept of the quitting effect that Jill and I talked about? Your brain will want to give up if you're trying to muscle your way down the scale and not giving yourself credit along the way. It is so crucial to look for ways to love yourself and feel happy while you lose weight versus waiting for when you lose weight. Your success and your happiness literally depend on it. So today, your confident body action step is... What's one thing you did for yourself this week to help you feel good? Did you drink a glass of water? Did you go for a walk? Maybe eat a vegetable with dinner? Even if it is the tiniest thing, grade yourself on a curve. Play up that win in your mind and tell yourself, look, I am doing positive things for myself. I am making progress all the time. Look for those tiny 1% level ups that are helping you make invisible progress. Feel proud of yourself for that now. Don't wait for the scale. I really hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. Thank you as always for listening. If this podcast is helping you at all, it would mean so much to me if you would write a review. It helps other people just like you find the show and hopefully feel a little less alone, maybe a little bit less like they are the problem. And before you go, one more thing. Remember, love yourself because your body is the gateway to every experience in this life. And if you think about it, that's pretty darn amazing. 
All right, that's what I've got for you today. I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.